Hi, this is Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where we follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and while this is an official, I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little bit scholarly, a little bit inspirational, this podcast will attempt to help us become better disciples of Christ. Join me, Scriptorians. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 20 Minute Scriptorian. This is Lori and we are headed into Alma 17 and 18, the story of Ammon the Faithful. So let's jump right in. We have been discussing the book of Alma and just as a review, I uh, thought there were some interesting ways to kind of chart out the book and kind of an interesting practice uh, is to kind of look at what Mormon the editor has chosen to put in there or if Alma uh, the author what he has chosen to put in as a book to tell us a greater story than the uh, very small way to view the story which is to look at a verse or a quote which we're all very very familiar with because that's how we always do it but take a step out and one of the things we've been talking about is uh, one way that uh, we could look at it was kind of three big areas the first big area is kind of the Nephite story, the story of the Nehors, the Ammonihas, the story of Gideon, Zarahemla, and what's going on in the Nephite nation with individuals and people. And so you see those missionary stories of Alma and Amulek, and a lot of really deep and interesting and very paralleling to our environments across the world today of what was going on in the Nephite nation. So that's the first one. And the second one is kind of where we are now. We're talking about the Lamanite nation. So we're going to see the missionary work of the sons of Mosiah, Ammon, Aaron, Omni, and Himner. Him, him, boy, those are hard to say. Um, him, nay, him, anyway, him. So you kind of see that second bucket with the Lamanites. Now we're going to look at them as people, but then we're going to really get in and, and delve into them as individuals. Then lastly, we're going to see the two societies and when they get their greatest point of conflict, which is the war chapters as we think of them. So first, we're going to be introduced to the Nephites. And I want you to just ask yourself some questions. What are the lessons that Alma and Mormon are teaching me with the story? Are they teaching me about the people and the things that I should emulate? Are they teaching me about individuals and how we view our righteousness of the Lord? And then go to the Lamanite section. Hey, are they teaching me about the people and their general um, status, or are they teaching me about individuals and how I should emulate and what I should be like, and then what happens when we uh, when this conflicts, when we get to problems. So that's one way to look at it is one, two, three. Lots of different ways to chart it out, but one way it's just as we're practicing is to look at the big picture. So that was one way I started to see that, and then I start to see these different parallels as I read through. So give that a shout and see, or give that a try and see what you think. But today we're going to get down kind of that was the kind of big picture, little picture. So let's go into the little picture and get a little bit tighter into the stories of Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni, but specifically into um, the story of Ammon as his missionary work commences. So we're going to kind of do that. Now, last time we discussed some of those features about those great missionaries when Alma and, and the sons re-meet 17 years after their big conversion story with the angel. And it says they studied scriptures, they fasted and prayed much, they were humble and they gave up their rulership. They were patient, I'd say full of faith uh, in long-suffering. Yikes, that's always kind of a scary phrase, <laughs> patient, long-suffering. You're like, oh no, um, that's going to be tough. But totally worth it but they were absolutely devoted to God for 14 years and they decided to go to their enemies right their brothers and sisters on the Lamanite nation 
So they've decided to forsake their careers, their families, uh, anything that would be important to them, you know, dirt bikes and, uh, and Xbox and, okay, those might be my things, but those, those would be things that they have decided to give up, uh, to pursue this missionary work to save someone. And it says why, right? If they even thought of even one soul being in torment, it caused them to tremble. And remember they were there, they had been there. So they were like, wow, we, we know what matters. All right. So one thing I think that the scriptures that I really picked up this time for me is that this, this isn't about a people group being good or evil. Oh, the Nephites are good and the Lamanites are evil. You definitely see some quotes saying, hey, these people are pretty idolatrous. But then when you zoom in, you see it isn't about us and them. We don't see people as groups. We start to see them as individuals. And just like that, that's how the Lord sees us. He asks each of us to be righteous. He asks each of us to be obedient and faithful. He asks each of us to understand the message of Jesus Christ and come to the Messiah. It's a story of humility, a story of individual faith, repentance, conversion to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's uh, we're going to be in a time when we are very, I think, broken up by uh, political rivalries, by um, issues, uh, even the pandemic, right? Different ways we view what's happening to us in the world. And, and it's saying it's, that's important, but don't forget the Lord looks on you as people. All right, let's jump into verse 17. Now, you know the story, you've already read it this week, I'm sure. And it's one of our favorites. And it's always been one of my favorites is the story of Ammon. And I think because it seems so adventurous and uh, there's that great uh, Freeberg painting, where he looks kind of French and he's wearing, he's got a sword and he's wearing like, uh, boots and it's super, I'm like, am and the Frenchman in that painting every time I see it. So, um, obviously probably not like that, but I want to draw a couple of interesting things to the story and see if, if you see the same thing. So one of the things that it told us in chapter 17 at the beginning was that the sons of Messiah and Alma had really searched the scriptures diligently. And I think that's a prompt for us to say, I'm going to see if you see some of these parallels and the scriptures. Now, what scriptures would they have been reading? Were they reading First Nephi? No, they were probably reading the Old Testament and specifically the first parts. So the first five books, Genesis uh, through Deuteronomy and then into the story of Samuel and the kings of uh, like King David and, and, and those stories from the beginning of their heritage as being from the Israelite nation uh, or the Israelites from the 12 tribes. So they were going to have looked back on those stories. So uh, just keep that in mind that it's like there's a little prompt there. Hey, they studied the scriptures diligently. And then we're going to see some of these parallels if you're familiar with these stories, right? So um, how, how does the story go? What happens with this Ammon, right? He, they all separate out, which I find really interesting. They don't stay together, uh, but the sons, uh, but they go out to, uh, separately and, we meet Ammon going to the land of Ishmael, which were was Ishmaelites had settled. And he goes and they immediately capture him, right? They immediately capture him and they say, oh, he's a Nephite. And they bind him and they throw him in jail, into prison. And then eventually after a number of days, they uh, bring him before the king. And then you see this uh, great interaction with the king. And there's some interesting things here. So let's go. It's at the very end of chapter 17. Is this part of the story where after they capture him and then kind of what what happens to him. So this is, um, so they carried, uh, so Ammon was carried before the king who was over all the land of Ishmael and his name was Lamoni and he was a descendant of Ishmael. And the king inquired of Ammon 
if it were his desire to dwell in the land among the Lamanites or among his people. And Ammon said, Yea, I desire to dwell among this people for a time, yea, and perhaps until the day I die. So he's, he's not just here to, to cause trouble. I mean, he's, he's committed. Uh, can you imagine missionaries? We'd like you to be called to the Barcelona, Spain mission. Okay, that would that'd be awesome. And then live there forever. I'm just saying I would totally do that. Um, but let's say that was the idea is that you don't know where you're going to get called to and you may have to live there the rest of your life. Um, and you're like, well, I'd like to come home eventually. But nope, Harry, he was committed. And it came to pass that Lamoni was pleased with them and he caused that his band should be loosed. And then there's this really weird verse and you're like, what? And it says, and he would that Ammon should take one of his daughters to wife. And you're like, okay, it seemed awfully quick. Um, and I think there's something interesting going on here, right? Remember, who was Ammon? He was kind of the heir apparent. He was Mosiah's oldest son. He's the, the prince, right? He would be the crown prince of his nation. Now, whether they knew that or not, is probably not the important part, but I'm guessing they did know exactly at one point kind of who he was, uh, even though he's not telling us that. He could be prince over that nation. And he comes here and it's like, well, maybe if you marry into my family, then you want power, right? You're marrying into now you're part of King Lamoni's family. So it, it's a political alliance. You're here for political power. And so it's not just, oh, well, hey, marry my daughter. It's Hey, do you, is this some kind of political thing? Is this some power grab? Is this, do you have, what kind of motives do you have here, Ammon? And he says, no, I'll be thy servant. So really shocking. This is not about power. This is not about politics. This is not about rulership and leadership. This is about being humble servant. And so, I I, I mean, I just pass right over that unless I think about that verse. But then it says Ammon became a servant and then he was set to, uh, with the other servants to watch among the flocks, which was part of the custom of the Lamanites. So that's how they did it. They would go out and say, you got to go watch the flocks. Now, just FYI, you should start to notice some things. There aren't flocks in uh, Central or North America at this time that we know of, really, that are like sheep. Um, they're bighorn sheep that don't flock. Um, there might be some like llamas. There are lots of different birds and different um, animals that herd, and there are some birds that flock that kind of like an ostrich and different things. And I'm not super big on the fauna of uh, North and South America at this time, but it, there aren't flocks. So I know the picture is like sheep, but sheep weren't there then. You had bighorn sheep that you don't flock. But um, but I think what, what the writers are doing is picking that word very specifically so that we start drawing a parallel. So it isn't about the fauna of Central and South America or North America. It is about a parallel that we're drawing to the scriptures. So I want you to say there was there was once a king, there was a young prince, someone who could be the king, and he was known to be a shepherd. Mm-hmm. He's known to be a shepherd. Okay, so we're writing this down. Okay, Ammon, great. He was kind of a young princeling, and he uh, went among his enemies, went among his enemies, and then he was going to, he, he was there, and he was, but he was also known for being a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Shepherd, got it. Okay, and then it tells the story of where they're attacked, uh, the, the servants are attacked, and they're trying to scatter the flocks, and he encourages them, and he, uh, the servants, and, and they're very frightened that they'll be killed for this, um, losing the flocks, and then they go and gather them again, and then the bad guys come along, and that's where he uses his sling, and uh, don't forget that part, he uses his sling, and he uh, fights off the bad guys, and then as they raise their arms, he cuts off their arms, right? It's such an interesting story, but go back to verse 29, it describes about um, 
Ammon's response when the uh, bad guys come to scatter the flocks. Now, when Ammon saw this, this his heart was swollen. <laughs> the people are really worried about being killed, the other servants. And he goes, my heart was swollen with him for joy. <laughs> Not your first response, right? Oh, this is good news. Everyone's really scared. Um, I will show forth my power unto these my fellow servants or the power that's in me and restoring these flocks unto the king that I may win the hearts of these my fellow servants and I may lead them to believe in my words. So he uses this, right, as an opportunity. This is an opportunity. So think about again. So write down some of these notes. So we said he was a young princeling. He was in a country that was known as his enemies. He is known to be a shepherd. Um, and then he's really good with a sling and later with a sword. Uh, any, any parallels that you're seeing? I hope you should see some of these. I'm going to read a couple more verses and see if there are any other parallels that you see. But you know the story. They go and he, um, he, uh, defeats the the bad guys that come to to take the flocks and then it says um uh, he knew that he wouldn't be slain because of this promise and so there's some other great stories there but anyway he takes a sling he cuts off all their arms very gross and then um he said there was only uh this leader he he slew none save it were his leader with the sword so even though he had hit some with the sling the great leader, the, the, the person attacking this, this uh, leader, the biggest one, the mm, giant almost of the leaders, he cut off his, he killed him with a sword. So interesting story. And then um, we go and hear the story of how the servants relay this. And there is a great verse in the next one. When Lamoni hears how great Ammon was, where he is protecting his horses and chariots, um, he says, surely there has not been any servant among all my servants that has been so faithful as this man that even he doth remember all my commandments to execute them. Um, so I know we're going to look at these and go, this is a great story of faithfulness, but it's also a parallel. Did you catch it? Who it was parallel to? David. So you should be thinking this is, there's, there's slings and giants and protections. And he went to, you might not remember the King da uh, David story very well, but when he was a young prince, he, he was sent off um, to any, he joined the Philistines. He joined the bad guys and uh, went against the armies of Saul. And so here Ammon is going over to the enemies, to the Lamanites. Now he doesn't go up to battle against the Nephites. He's, he's truly just, uh, that's where the metaphor breaks down a little bit. But, but he, we should be thinking of the sling, sword, shepherd, servant. Not a glamorous position. And he's a faithful servant. And in fact, it is almost exactly that last quote about being a faithful servant is almost exactly a quote from 1 Samuel twenty-two fourteen. 14. Uh, Abimelech answered the king and said, who is so faithful among all my servants as David uh, that goeth at my biddings and is honorable? It's almost a direct quote. So we should be, remember they said they studied the scriptures. And I think that was a hint to us. You should be seeing these parallels too, that David's going to be this great king that's going to try to save his nation. And here is Ammon, an even greater young king that goes to the Lamanites. And this is how he shows his, uh, his strength and his uh, love of the Lord that he's going to be a missionary to them and not something else. So take back this story. Take back and say, who is this Ammon? How, what are we supposed to learn about him? We're learning that it's about individuals. It's about the Lord working to bring people to salvation and bring them to the Messiah. And by serve, uh, serving them, by being humble, 
we can become as great as the king, as great as the greatest king of Israel, David. And here is one of the greatest young princes, Ammon, as he goes to work with the Lord's children and convert them. All right, brothers and sisters, great story, a great parallel to the Old Testament, and a great lesson for us. Keep on reading.